Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to take a look at supporting artists Tom Bailey and Altered Images who are supporting the Human League on tour. Let's get on it, shall we? So the first of our two support acts is Tom Bailey. Thomas Alexander Bailey, born 18th of January 1956, is an English songwriter and singer, composer, musician and record producer. Bailey came to prominence in the early 1980s as the lead vocalist for the new wave band Thompson Twins, which released five singles that entered the top 10 charts in the United Kingdom during the 1980s. He was the only classic member of the band to have formal music training. From 1994, Bailey, who was a member of its latest incarnation, Babel, released two commercially unsuccessful studio albums. He currently works in various musical fields, including scoring for film. He records and performs dub music under the name International Observer and Indo Fusion Music with the Holly Water Projects. His latest collaboration is the Bailey Salgado Project, BSP, an audiovisual ensemble formed of Jose Francisco Salgado. A few moments later. So in 1977 to 1993, Bailey was in the Thompson Twins, and that started off in 1977 with Pete Dodd and John Rue and John Podgorski. Podgorski did not want to move to London, so Andrew Edge played drums with them for one year before Chris Bell joined. The group eventually ended up as a trio with Bailey on vocals, guitar, bass and keyboards. His then girlfriend, Alana Curry, was on percussion, saxophone and vocals, and Jay Leeway on percussion and vocals. The Thompson Twins became fixtures on MTV during the 1980s as the video for Hold Me Now, Lay Your Hands On Me and King For A Day were frequently played. Subsequent to the marriage of Bailey and Curry, Thompson Twins released their final album, Queer, in 1991. The 1993-1996 was in Babel, then in the 2000s they were in International Observer, and they released several dub electronic albums under that name. In 2010, Tom Bailey went solo and he performed the Thompson Twins songs live for the first time in 27 years on the 17th of August 2014 at Temple Island Meadows, Henry on Thames, Oxfordshire for the Rewind Festival. Also in 2014, Tom Bailey took part in the Retro Future Tour in the USA. He was billed under the moniker Thompson Twins Tom Bailey. The 2014 Retro Futura Tour also featured Howard Jones, Mid-Yule and China Crisis. During an interview with the Stuck in the 80s podcast prior to the tour, Tom Bailey said that while preparing for his return to the stage, he went to a start and bought a Thompson Twins Greatest Hits CD to help him learn the songs again. In 2016, Tom Bailey released a new solo single entitled Come So Far, which included a music video. And on the 25th of April 2017, the official Thompson Twins Tom Bailey website announced that Bailey was recording his debut solo album and that he hoped to release the album in early 2018. The album entitled Science Fiction was released in July 2018 promote the album, Bailey toured the United States and the United Kingdom with the B-52's Culture Club and Belinda Carlisle as part of the Life Tour. So his discography is Science Fiction 2018 under his own name, and with the Thompson Twins he did, they released a product of Participation 1981, Set in 1982, Quick Step and Sidekick in 1983, Into the Gap in 1984, Here's to Future Days in 1985, Close to the Bone in 1987, Big Trash in 1989, and Queer in 1991. And with Babel, he released 
The Stone in 1994 and Ether in 1996. Now we've gone over some of Bailey's uh, past and past credits. Let's check out Altered Image. We'll be back after this. If you're a band member or an artist, dancer, singer, actor, street performer, and you're listening to this and you'd like to talk to us on our show about your uh, latest gig or your album release on uh, digital media or even uh, want to talk to us about a student show how about dropping us an email on musterxmedia1983 at gmail.com and we'll get you on our show and we're back so we're going to take a look at Altered Images um, past Altered Images are a Scottish new wave post-punk band who found success in the early 1980s fronted by singer Claire Gorgon band branched into mainstream pop music having six UK top 40 hits and three top 30 albums between 1981 and 1983. The hits include Happy Birthday, I Could Be Happy, See Those Eyes and Don't Talk To Me About Love. They were signed to Epic Records and Diablo Records and current members are Claire Gorgon and Steve Laroni and then you've got past members who were Johnny McClone, Tanya McDade, Michael Anderson, Gerald McConty, Jim McCarvin, and David Wilde. So their early career, so Altered Images were former schoolmates with a shared interest in the UK post-punk scene. Claire Gorgon on the vocals and Gerald Caesar McBook Inalty on the guitar, Michael Titch Anderson on the drums, Tony McDade on guitar and Johnny McMuck Elone on the bass guitar were all members of the Suxi and the Banshees official fan club. When they learned that the Banshees were going to play in Scotland, they sent a demo tape to Billy Chainsaw, who managed the official Sixties fan club with a, note, uh, with a note asking, can we support them on tour? The Banshees gave the band a support slot on their kaleidoscope British type of 1980. Altered Image's name referred to a sleeve design on the Buzzcock single Promises and was inspired by Buzzcock's vocalist Pete Shelley's constant interfering with the initial sleeve design. After being championed by BBC Radio 1 DJ John Peel, for whom they recorded a radio session in October 1980, they garned enough attention to be offered a recording contract with Epic Records, but mainstream success was not immediate. Their debut single, Dead Pop Stars, reached only number 67 in the UK singles chart, while its successor, A Day's Wait, stalled outside the top 100. Dead Pop Stars was particularly controversial at the time, sung from the viewpoint of, of a has-been icon with irony but badly timed in its release shortly after John Lennon's death. Even though the song was written and performed before his death, the dance remix of it with different lyrics was recorded and released as the 1982 single Disco Pop Stars. Both were absent from their studio album releases but made it onto later anthologies. After these singles and their first two sessions of John Peel, Caesar left and formed The Wake. With additional guitarist Jim McKinnon, formerly of Berlin Blondes, they recorded their debut album Happy Birthday in 1981, largely produced by Steven Severin of Suksu and The Banshees. The band also worked briefly with producer Martin Rush- Rushman for The Little Track, which became the band's third single and their biggest hit. The song reached number two in the UK for three weeks in October 1981, catapulting the band to fame. They quickly became established as one of the biggest new wave acts around and were subsequently voted Best New Group at the NME Awards, the most promising new act in the 1981 Smash Hits Readers Poll. 
After a successful headlining tour, the band retained Rush Notes as their producer and released their second album, Pinky Blue, in May 1982. That rhymed. It reached the top 20 of the UK albums chart and provided three more top 40 hit singles with I Could Be Happy, See Those Eyes and The Little Track, but was perceived as a disappointment by the British press. I Could Be Happy was the group's only foray into the US charts, with the single peaking at number 45 on the Billboard Dance chart. Later that year, after McKinvin and Anderson left and replaced by Steve Laroni, formerly of Restricted Code, the band began working on their third album with producer Mike Chapman. The collaboration between them with another top 10 hit, Don't Talk To Me About Love, in spring 1983, was a subsequent album Bite, was released in June. Half of the album was produced by Chapman, half by Tony Visconti. Although it reached the top 20 of the UK's album chart, the album sold less than the band's two previous offerings, which had both earned a silver disc. Before breaking up later that year, Altered Images went on to another concert tour that included the band's American debut at the Golden Bear in, Hunt- in Huntington Beach, California, on the Thursday 11th, August 1983. And the discography is Happy Birthday in 1981, Pinky Blue in 1982, and Bite in 1983, with Mascara Streaks, which is penned for release in 2022. Now we've had that bit of background, let's see what it's like with the show itself. A few moments later. And we're back. Altered Image walked out in a blackout. So the pre-show setup was essentially the downstage portion of the stage with a black kabuki in the middle of the stage and all their kit was highlighted with Congo blue so nice dark lights so nothing special and to be honest it was kept very basic indeed. Now all the lighting throughout their set was basic as well because at the end of the day there wasn't that many lights in the rig for the entire show for Human League so they only so because they're supporting and they're only uh, on the uh, first quarter of the stage. There's not much lights for them to have. So yes, it was kept very basic. When the show started, unfortunately, altered images had a bit of a technical glitch on their, their opening song, where most of the volume was down. It was louder on stage than it was in the auditorium. It's as though the sound engineer forgot to uh, switch the main mix on. And when he realised his error, it got loud. It was instantly loud. And uh, if you weren't prepared for that, it was a big shock to the ears. (laughs) That I guarantee. (laughs) Especially with a lot of their audience being in their 50s and 60s in this day and age. I have to say, at the start of their show as well, once the sound issue was fixed, there wasn't much clarity in the vocals. And when I say that, it did sound a bit soupy where uh, it wasn't mixed in nicely. So you couldn't distinguish the, uh, all, the, uh, all the backing vocals from the, uh, from the lead vocals, which there should be some clarity and some distinction between it, but it just wasn't there and also just wasn't that great a mix. And yet again, it took up to three songs, I think. Yes, it was three songs before that was put right. So I think there must have been an issue with reloading the uh, settings, or they had the set, or they didn't adjust the settings from uh, the last time they were in whichever venue first, because obviously the uh, settings change because of the depth of the uh, room that they're playing in, as well as the height of the room that they're playing in and the position of the mixer point from the room that we're playing in last time. Lots of variables which will affect your sound. But it was fixed. It was fixed. Fair play to him. 
you could hear it constantly for those three songs where adjustments were being made and uh, eventually it got nailed where it needed to be. When Altered Images started, the house was nowhere near full. Their set started 30 minutes after the doors opened, so there wasn't time for many people to get in. And by the end of their set, they had a lot, of, a lot more people in. And to give Altered Images a bit of credit, every song that they did, there was louder and louder applause, which goes to show that as uh, people coming in, they were enjoying themselves listening to Altered Images. Although, one serious downside from that set that, uh, that I have to say is their version of the Ting Tings, uh, That's Not My Name. It just felt as fat as pancakes and I don't think those harmonies suited the vocalists. They just didn't. It's the harmonies that they needed to work on. The rest of the vocals for the song worked really well but they just couldn't quite harmonise. I think everyone's voices are just far too different for that song. Although, they all sang with enthusiasm, they all played with enthusiasm and the band were completely they were completely owning that stage in their own right they haven't lost a thing from uh, performing from back in the day from the 80s 90s early 2000s now we're in the 2020s and they haven't lost their stage presence they just haven't but as much as they uh, were enjoyed by the audience i have to say altered images are just not my cup of tea Although, as I said, people enjoyed them in that arena tonight. So they haven't done wrong at all. They haven't done wrong. It's just a shame that they had a few glitches to start with. Unfortunately, these things happen, and it does happen from time to time. A few moments later. And we're back. So Tom Bailey's set started off in pure blackout. Now, in the changeover, there were some LED buttons dotted around the downstage portion of the stage which still had the kabuki in the same position because the kabuki makes up part of the opening acts for Human League but we'll get into that later on. To make both support acts different from each other Tom Bailey was given some extra kit and he had these LED buttons that are standing up vertically dotted around the stage so around the uh, drum riser and all the other instrument risers and from stage left to stage right at different intervals there was plenty of them, there, there's probably like 20 of them all in all. As soon as Tom Bailey was uh, introduced, buttons on the stage started to, started to strobe, they started to chase, the colours changed, the colours made a nice little wash then strobed out and it looked pretty good actually, it really looked good. Then when they added in the other lights from the main lighting rig, it looks even better. But yet again, the lights in the rig were only done to a limited degree because at the end of the day, there wasn't that much in front of that curtain, as in the Kabuki. So that's hence why they had to give him a different option, i.e. those lights that stood on the stage and they just strike him afterwards. But it looked, it looked impressive, it looked really good actually, it really did. Also, what I noticed is the uh, lighting engineers, they used the mole phases pointed into the audience a lot more to emphasise certain rhythmic parts of the songs throughout the whole of, the, of Tom Bailey's sets as well. So, it looked, so he got a little bit more than, than altered images. 
but it worked well it did work really well and I have to say the lighting engineer for this tour is pretty good really good actually to be able to adapt each band to the kit that they got in that certain area in the way that he did he has to be proud of himself he really should be he really should be Throughout the performance, vocally, Tom Bailey has still got a strong, diverse vocal range. And even with, even with a little bit of uh, the electronic vocal effects put on from time to time, not all the time, but from time to time, it was still a standout, strong performance. He definitely hasn't lost his vocal range. It's not like other bands that we've uh, had on, that I've reviewed recently, but he definitely hasn't lost anything. And I could say that he's gained more, more within his vocal abilities over the years, but I think it's just pretty much stayed the same since he started, which is not a bad thing actually. To be able to sustain your vocal range and vocal ability for 40 years plus, that is really good. Not many people can do that. You either got it and then you lose it, or you gradually have a decline, but Tom Bailey has stayed exactly where he was from many years ago. On today's performance, and I suppose for the rest of the tour, Tom Bailey was on a uh, DPL microphone which is taped onto his cheek. The reason for this is, if he was to have a handheld, he wouldn't be able to play the instruments that he plays. So, in the show, he was either on the keyboard, he was on his own little set of electric drums, as well as the other keyboard player and the other, and the main drummer as well say so he was playing in addition of and he will say at one point pulled out a harmonica and you wouldn't be able to do that if you had a handheld mic and to be honest if you've uh, got a handheld mic in a mic stand when playing a harmonica it is a pain in the ass to get it to sound nice so you might as well just have that taped on uh, microphone onto the cheek it works really well and the DPA microphones I know from my own personal experience they sound very crisp and if you look after those microphones you will not be disappointed you really wouldn't sound quality for Tom Bailey well it was good clarity throughout there's no issues you could hear every uh, bit of the vocals as well as the backing vocals and all the electronic instruments had a nice balanced feel to the sound mix and it was definitely a good noise, really, really good noise, actually. And did the audience enjoy Tom Bailey? Oh, God, yes, they did. Well, throughout the show, they were standing up, singing and dancing along with him. And uh, at the end, he got a standing ovation because people weren't constantly standing. They stood at, at the bits of songs that they wanted. So people sat, sat down or standing up and then going from sat down to standing up and vice versa throughout the whole of this section of show. But on his last song, as soon as he'd finished, everyone was on their feet, giving him a massive, loud round of applause. Wolf whistles the lot. He was definitely well received within the audience and they loved him. And I don't blame him. I really don't. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Now, we're going to leave you with a trailer from our story podcast, Gumshoe. Today is the Gumshoe special known as The Lord of the Ring Piece, which is an extended episode of our Gumshoe story. If you haven't already seen some, there are links in the description to come and see it from the beginning. But this, this is a very great and funny, witty and some may say brutal story. 
it's definitely not advised that younger listeners listen to it because of the content we hope you enjoy that and we're going to leave you with this until next time guys bye for now this december news just in the crown prince of the Natarian empire has been violently assaulted and mugged whilst taking a walk through central london no comment has been made as of yet but we are expecting a press release very soon <laughs> what the f- are you mate uh uh well what what do you mean what there's nothing wrong with me you're dressed like an absolute dork. I mean, you have a spotty pus-filled face with proper NHS-style glasses. You wear a trench coat. That's not even a real leather trench coat. I mean, that's fake leather. You look like an absolute cretin. And look at you, wearing your leather trousers and some thigh-high boots. The f***'s wrong with you? I mean, look at that piece of jewellery as well. I mean, that's the worst costume jewellery anyone can ever have, mate. Um, uh, uh, silence, fool. What? I said silence fool, give me all your money, (laughs) you gotta be fucking kidding me, I said give me all your money. I told you to give me all the money. I told you. Now, look at you. You just fouled yourself by my hand. I am the Lord. The Lord of your ring piece. (laughs) We now have more information about the Crown Prince of the Natarian Empire's violent mugging last night. There was a vast list of items stolen, but the most important piece was his jewellery, his hand jewellery. In fact, it was a set of rings that are all joined together, a ring for every finger. It is of utmost importance that this is returned, and if you see anyone wearing this piece of distinct jewellery, you must not approach them, because it will make them incredibly dangerous. It is not a piece of jewellery, it is in fact a weapon, and it is a very vicious weapon indeed. We do employ you, if you see this weapon, do not approach the person. Do not go near the person. Just call the police. And someone will be dispatched to retrieve this weapon of mass devastation. This December, Percival Reginald Vert is on a mission to find the Lord of the Ring Peace. An extended episode of Gumshoe from Muster X Media.